clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. Rainbows high and deep into the end zone. And it is caught. Caught, caught for a touchdown. A leaping touchdown. Captain goes. He'll be chased and he is gone. 97 yards. Does he get both feet in right here at the end, Jim? What are they going to roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? He did what? He runs to the 50. He runs to the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. We are seeing another spectacular effort by Marino, who fires. Touchdown! Oh, that's loose. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. There's a prayer. Stop it! Oh, please! <laughs> what a catch! That's insane! That's insane! The game's final play is a Wilson lock to the end zone, which is fought for by Tate with Jennings simultaneous. Who has it? Who do they give it to? Welcome into Simultaneous Catch. Whoa, everybody. The Buffalo Bills won a playoff game. <laughs> Although, kind of, it was funny. The whole next day, I was... It's a silly thing to look forward to, but I was looking forward to everybody, like, making that a big deal the next, like, on Monday morning. But the Browns had to go and shellac the Steelers, and everybody was talking about that. You know what? <laughs> I think that's probably deserved. That's all right, yeah. <laughs> but, but it's still a, a big deal, so that's very cool. <laughs> Welcome to the show, folks. I'm Adam Jeffrey Rossi. My name is Josh Lapping. This was the 2020-2021 was the year of the bet for Adam, in case anybody forgot. Because Adam won. The year of the bet. The year of the bet. This is where I finally won some bets. I won the Browns bet, won Pals picks again. and I also, Not really a bet. I know. And I also won our NFC East title bet. Between the Giants and Washington. Yeah, well, that's just because Philadelphia was disrespectful. To the I game. can't even, like, I, we didn't really even talk about that. We can talk about that at some point. But, <laughs> wow. I was watching the game and I was like, is Philly really going to do this? And then he pulled him and I was like, what's going on? <laughs> Playing for that draft pick, man. It worked, but it also lost him his job. So, so no. <laughs> It's karma, I guess. Joe judges. He's thankful. We'll see what happens. Uh, the NFC East is going to continue to be a fascinating division to follow especially heading into the offseason a lot of those teams have have some work to do but speaking of head coaching head coach openings uh let's get into this our news of the day really has to be urban meyer finalizing a deal to become the jacksonville jaguars head coach yeah that's yeah. super exciting the 56 year old coach is 187 and 32 in his career Spent really with impressive. Ohio State, Florida, Utah, and Bowling Green. He won a title with the Buckeyes 2014. And then in 06 and 08, he won two championships with the Florida Gators. And, you know, I talked about this just before we went on the show. I feel like there's always that, there's always like a college coach or, or an old coach where it's like, they're going to come back to the NFL or they're going to go to the NFL. And it never happens. And I like that we've heard Urban Meyer's name for what, three years in a row now as possibilities. And I think that he was just like, Biding his time, waiting for the right opportunity, and he lives in Florida. He has a home in Florida. A lot of his family's down there from his time with the Gators. Uh, so I feel like it's the perfect fit for him. And we'll see that. I don't think they. I could be wrong, but they haven't hired a GM yet, right? Um, not. 
that I'm aware of. And I would assume that Urban Meyer, the kind of player development uh, recruiter that he is, is going to want to have a heavy hand in player personnel. So I, I'm not shocked that he would be locked down before they find a GM or even maybe he's part of that and then they find a director of player personnel to sort of pair with him. But I love the fit. Yeah, I'm really excited about it too. I think really the whole thing about Urban Meyer was never like, oh, maybe I want to do this, and that's why people talked about him. I think people have talked about him just because he was, quote-unquote, available, like being retired and whatnot, working in the broadcast booth versus still being on a sideline. But I always thought it was Urban Meyer truly. I mean, we saw him step away for health reasons from both Florida and Ohio State. Mm -hmm. So I think it was just about when he was ready, and I think this was the primo – opportunity for him to do so walking in with the number one pick they're like 80 million dollars under the cap yeah yeah so they have a lot of good things going on we were talking a few days ago about the offensive pieces they can get not only with that number one pick but they have shark and robinson but they also have a lot of great players on defense they do have pieces and i think that there are two different types of two different types of head coaching opportunities in the nfl there's the one where you have a pretty solid roster and you just need a new vision to come in, and then boom, you can contend right away. And then there's the, it's already stripped down, you have all the draft capital, you come in and you build your team. And, you know, who's to say which one's better? I think that a guy like Urban Meyer, though, fits perfectly the, you're going to have 10-plus draft picks this year and possibly next year, too. You Like you said, 80 to $90 million under the cap, uh, which is also great for a year in which the cap is probably going to go down so Jacksonville is going to have even better chance of getting some free agents who aren't going to be able to go other places aren't going to be able to dole out the kind of money that they'd want because they're not going to have it Jacksonville has it and like you said they've got Robinson and Chark and LaVisca Chenault and on the defensive side they have pieces there too so this is a team that you know, I don't expect to be in contention next year or the year after, but probably sooner rather than later than you would think. I mean, they were already already pretty competitive this year in a lot of games. Uh, certainly, you saw that in a handful of games, especially near the end of the end of the season, for sure. But uh, yeah, I think it's a I think it's one of those perfect fits. Like I couldn't think of another coach. I'd be like, oh, that that would be better. Yeah, I'm actually... At least not in this pool. We'll talk more about it later on in the offseason for sure, and we'll see what happens with free agency in the draft. But I don't think this is that much of a team outside of contention. Like you said, they were extremely competitive in a lot of games, yep. especially down the stretch. But think about it. I don't think we are thinking that the Houston Texans are always a 4-12 and team. Right. But they're an organization that is certainly in a lot of flummox right now, not yeah. having those picks right they have an aging defense they are in a lot of cap trouble Mm -hmm. the Colts what's going to happen with their quarterback situation moving forward I've seen a lot of people mocking quarterbacks of the Colts which I think is really interesting since they just took Jacob Eason and like nobody seems to care about that but (laughs) I loved Eason and then so I mean but you still have the Tennessee Titans which obviously they have their quarterback in place and then uh King Henry so but really outside of outside of the Titans and they have questions on defense there are question marks all over this division so I could certainly see someone coming in that has a proven track record of winning and inspiring their players to play up to full potential and see them definitely competing remember this was the team in week one 
I know that seems like forever ago, but right. they're the one who knocked off the Colts. Yeah. And everyone was thinking about, oh my gosh, what's going on with these Jags? And mm-hmm. So that was obviously uh, 15 losses ago, but. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I think the NFL is going to be a good fit for Urban Meyer. I think a lot of what was weighing on him from a health standpoint was the work that had to go into that recruiting. I'm really excited curious to see what's going to happen in the nfl when he's not able to just uh, fly out to somebody's hometown and be like you should come to my program and right. he's gonna be able to get whoever he wants to come and commit to where he's coaching right that's obviously going to be more so uh front office things which i am i think your point about it's really really good but i think just being able to focus on what is going on inside of the jacksonville organization i think should help him uh continue doing his job pretty darn well Absolutely. And like I said, we'll follow, you know, Josh and I will take our one to two week break after the Super Bowl, but then we'll be right back into the thick of the offseason. It should be a really, really exciting one for sure. There's a lot of big names in the free agent market. We talked about the cap possibly and, you know, probably being lower than than, you know, every year it's gone up the past handful of years. Actually, I think almost every year since free agency has happened, it's gone up. So it'll be interesting to see which players take which kind of deals, if they're shorter deals or if they take the long-term contract for the team that has the money when they have it. You know, we'll we'll certainly follow that. A couple other things to talk about before we get into previewing the games. I just saw this. The Steelers parted away with offensive coordinator Randy Finkter and two more assistants. Now, they didn't fire him. His contract was up, and they just let him... Uh, move on. He became the OC in 2018 when he took over for Todd Haley. Um, so yeah, I guess just kind of using this to segue into how the Pittsburgh Steelers season ended uh, in dramatic fashion against the Cleveland Browns. And I know they got in within, I think, 12 or 13 in the third quarter, but the, the game never really felt that much out of hand from Cleveland. It felt like they pretty much controlled it from start to finish. Yeah, I mean, there were a couple of moments where it could have been like, oh, like, they let's had see the, how they respond. Right, the, they Pitts, responded. Pittsburgh had the ball down 12, and they were driving the ball. They got to midfield, and then there was another interception. And that pretty much, I, I don't want to say it did steal it, but it all but did it. Because then on the next play, it was a screen to Nick Chubb, who took it all the way to the end zone. And then it was like, okay, Cleveland just did it. So... Yeah, just kind of, kind of want to tie a bow on Pittsburgh's season. You know, we they you obviously picked them to win the division. I did not at the beginning of the year. They went to this eleven zero start, and we were high on them. But I don't think at any point either of us really said, okay, they're the best team in the NFL. They were a very good team, but yeah, they were know, certainly competing. They as never, such, but I don't. They never felt like, oh, this is the best team in the NFL. It always felt like. You know, the Chiefs or the Packers or the Saints were were a better football team. So I guess. Where does where do they go from here? Because a lot of people obviously think they're gone, but a lot of people are calling for Big Ben to move on, uh, which is interesting because I know that a lot of those people also don't like Mason Rudolph. So, and they're not going to have a high enough draft pick, I don't think, to get one of the high end quarterbacks. I mean, they're going to be later in the draft. Who's to say? I, I, at first, I was going to say maybe Zach Wilson falls, but I think actually Zach Wilson is uh, from BYU is catapulting up the, the yeah, draft board. I, I would be so Pittsburgh is locked in at the 24th right so we're right looking now, at so. maybe if a guy like Trey Adams falls and he's a developmental type guy for them or how high does Mac Jones go after the incredible national championship he has but I, I digress I just I guess I want to talk about where do we think this team can go from here where should they go from here 
Yeah, it's going to be a really fascinating organization to watch this offseason because they have such a blend of veteran-laid talent where this is not one of the younger teams. I think about a lot of the players, and they do have, I mean, Chase Claypool and Juju, they're 24 and under, so like they are like these young Deontay kids. Johnson, too. Deontay Johnson, but then you're talking about the offensive line, Big Ben, things that we've talked about being staple pieces yeah. of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and those are going to be certainly things that are moved around in a difficult cap stressed off season. So, like I said, they have the 24th pick this year. You know, the whole Big Ben thing, and you were talking about how emotional he got on the sideline afterwards. Yeah. And he came out after the game and said he wants to be back. He til- still technically is under contract for one more year. He said, if the Pittsburgh Steelers want me back. And there was a big part of me that, like, that kind of gouged my heart. I was like, oh, man, like, that stinks. Like, to be, like, this guy that you've spent 15 plus years you've taken him two super roles and they say if they want me back it's hard like that, that has to be a that's hard a, thing that's the business aspect i certainly in my mind think it's going to depend on big ben in my right. opinion if he wants to come back i see him coming back okay probably not for what the contract is at the moment I do feel like right, they probably forty million dollar cap hit if they keep him. I feel like they'd probably rework it. A lot of the veteran quarterback salaries we've seen uh, the last handful of years is about twenty five million. So I feel like if Ben wants to come back, he's going to realize that he's not a forty million dollar quarterback. <laughs> I would at least hope so. And if he said he did want and feel he deserved the full amount that that is, I'd be like, no, Ben, it's okay. Like you can move on. But I, and then I do see him taking a guy at, at 24 to have Ben kind of tutor him in. I, you know, at that at that pick, the early 20s, I would be interested to see what a Mac Jones. I really, in my early, early, early mocks, I really <laughs> like Kyle Trask. Yeah, to, yeah you had Pittsburgh. mentioned that before. I think, you know. Get him the guy that went out in his bowl game throwing interceptions when he did <laughs> a lot over the year with the same guy that did it in the playoff game in Pittsburgh. So, yeah, Kyle Trask pretty much threw himself out of a Heisman Trophy that game because he was in. He's one of the finalists. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I know that there's going to be a lot of talk about revamping the offensive line or just getting younger guys in there. Uh, they really don't honestly have to take a single player at defense in the draft next year so they can focus on uh, i mean they obviously could take people in sure, the yeah, older yeah. spots like you they, they could use a couple secondary players uh joe hayden's certainly getting up there in age and a couple other guys as well and then maybe a few guys on the defensive line but they're still going to have all their young players with devin bush and tj watt and you know, they just took Antonio Highsmith last or Alex Highsmith in the last draft who came on after the injury to Bush and I'm missing another defensive player who was big who got injured. I mean Bud Dupree was Bud in, Dupree, thank you. We'll That's see what if saying. they resigned and him he's or a, he leaves, Yeah, and he's so. a younger guy too. So we'll and then obviously in the back end you still have Minka Fitzpatrick. So we will absolutely follow this team very closely in the offseason, but I think that all it really takes is to get the quarterback right. And I know that I know that Big Ben statistically actually had a pretty good year and he even threw for 500 yards in the game against Cleveland, but you know, sometimes all it takes is to get that one young quarterback in there that 
lights things up. You know, we, we, we see most Super Bowls are won by young quarterbacks and Tom Brady in the last 10 years. So, yeah, uh, I'll be real fascinated to see what that happens. Um, I will, this isn't necessarily a, a disagree, but in my opinion, it's all about, about the running back. It's about getting the running game going on. Like you said, Big Ben threw for 500 yards. He shown he can do it. It's not, he's certainly not the Big Ben of even four or five years ago, but right. they, the Pittsburgh Steelers are a running organization and a defensive organization. Part of that this year just got completely wiped away, and I feel like that's when the issues really started struggling. And that, I think that's where it comes with the offensive line. They need to work that out. I mean, we, like I said, we've talked about it on the show before. Um, I brought up, you know, there's article after article talking about how, you know, 75% of a good running game is good run blocking, and Pittsburgh's run blocking has been pretty suspect at times this year. So maybe they need to get new guys in there. Maybe they just need to work out a different combination. But. Uh, there definitely is. I mean, they were, I think, thirty second in running in the NFL. I think they were dead last. <laughs> so I'm gonna be really excited to see where they go with this offensive coordinator search. Let's mm-hmm. switch it over real quick to the other team that uh, was a bit of a surprising loss. Maybe not so much. I think you picked against them, but the Seattle Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Brian Schottenheimer. OC, yeah, uh, he was let go. So gonna get a new guy. <laughs> I remember. I remember did not let did not help Russ cook. I remember too much. hearing about this because after the game, uh, Pete Carroll said that Schottenheimer was gonna stay. And he's like, we need to focus on the run game next year. And every analytics person lost their minds, and they were like, oh my god, how do we go from the start of the season let Russ cook? And you guys were like just trouncing teams and then all of a sudden it's like no we need to run the ball better and it it, like it just it was so funny to watch um social media heads and even i was i listened to a podcast with warren sharp and he's a big he's like one of the leading guys in the analytics and he was just losing his mind but then they let him go and so we'll we'll see what happens but uh, obviously russell and the whole offense fell off near the end of the season couldn't get a lot of do- lot done. Uh, that was a big reason why I picked the Rams to win that game. And, you know, it's a shame to see now everybody is doubting Russell. I don't know if uh, you've seen a lot of this, but a lot of people are like, Russell doesn't deserve to be in, in elite quarterback c- categories anymore. And they were like, you can talk about Pat Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, but Russell Wilson's not in that category either. And it's like people are really taking their shots at Russell Wilson right now because of how the season ended in that game, uh, especially. And I think that's kind of unfair, personally. But I think that they need to get a guy in there that's going to... We could say let Russ cook as many times as we want and laugh at it, roll our eyes, but they truly need to do that because we saw what happened when they really and honestly leaned into that. When you got guys like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, like you... That's what you need to do with your offense. It's very clearly what your strength is. And I love Chris Carson. Uh, I even like Rashad Penny, who the running back that everybody rolled their eyes at when they took. I think he's a solid player. And obviously, I don't. we'll see if Carlos Hyde stays there too. But they've got good backs, and they're going to use them. But the key to their victory is Russell Wilson. And I hope that they get a guy in there that, that sees that. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, you know, obviously utilizing Russell's talents, and I, I think it depends on if you're trying to put, if you're making quarterback tiers, if it's like right. based like on their career, or like what they did this year. Because I mean, yeah, I think Russell did get knocked down this well, year. Well, this year, bad, yes, as a whole, being like Russell Wilson isn't good, like that's that's garbage. So 
Yeah, people have been really, really getting on him. They're like, I don't want to hear Russell Wilson is elite ever again. And I was like, wow, guys, can we calm down? <laughs> it's like, you don't, you don't, you don't get to be one of the leading MVP candidates candidates for half the year and then all of a sudden not be elite anymore. It's in you. It's just other things happened. But I mean, we see that. I mean, look back to Rogers the last two years before this year. Everyone's like, oh, he stinks now. Like he's right. overrated. Right. You know, like that's, you know, even superstars can have down periods of their Absolutely. career. And, you know, and there's an interesting conversation to have when we get into the offseason about how stacked the AFC is with young superstar quarterbacks. And the NFC doesn't have any. I mean, the NFC's star quarterbacks are still Brady, Breeze, Rodgers, and Russell. Russell's the youngest one. He turns 33 this offseason. So it, it's fascinating to follow. And we're going to get... Shoot, what about uh, Kyler Murray? That's probably the one name. <laughs> I can't think of any other ones. Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater is 28 years old. He's an old man. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it'll be... It'll be interesting to see what happens in Seattle in the offseason as well, especially to follow who their offensive coordinator is. So, Got to focus on the run game. I couldn't think of the, the guy's name. I was going to say it's going to be that guy. I, I blocked it. I blocked yeah, I blocked his name out because it's going to be Rick Dennison. He's going to bring in Mike Tolbert and hand it to him on third and ten. I blocked, his, I blocked his name out from the Buffalo days. Regardless, let's get into these matchups for the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. I've kind of gotten all over the place because I, immediately following, I remember I said to you, I was like, I think only one of these games isn't going to be a blowout. And yeah, I thought I've, that was a very interesting thing to say. I, th- I think I've come a little bit around on that. I definitely think some of these are going to be a little bit closer. I actually see most of them being close to the fourth quarter. And then the ones that I thought were going to be a blowout, I think that the team will just pull away near the end of the game. Okay. So it'll be a, a good game for most of it. But then I just think certain teams are going to be too much. But let's start with the opener, uh, the stressful Saturday to end all Saturdays for pals on simultaneous catch. We've got the number six seed LA Rams traveling to the Green Bay Packers who had the full week off. Yeah, I'm really excited for this game. Nervous in a good way, I think. You know, it's just uh, fun to sit back and, and enjoy the success of the team when everyone said Green Bay was a prime candidate for regression. And right. They were a truly undeserving team last year, and I think they silenced a lot of those critics this year. And so, you know, it's just fun to sit back. But I'm really, really excited to see the number one offense go against the number one defense, I think. It's just going to be a fun game all pro matchups all over the place going against each other and it's just going to be really exciting. You okay over there? Yeah, I have a little thing on my hand that hurts. Um <laughs> uh yeah, Devontae Adams versus Jalen Ramsey is the premier matchup of the weekend. I mean, that's what everybody wants to watch. Two guys who can't seem to be stopped. Although I will say Stefan Diggs beat him a handful of times week 3. But regardless, uh no, I think it'll be interesting to watch. They just announced Jared Goff's going to start. Walford's been ruled out. Yep. I'm, I don't mind that at all. I was going to say, I'm intrigued about your stance on this because I remember last week when I said it doesn't matter to me which quarterback starts, they'll win. And they both ended up playing and, and won. Uh, but I actually kind of liked Walford a little bit better because of his mobility and his, you know, their the opportunity for them to do some read options, zone read runs. Are you happier that Goff's starting? 
I don't. I don't think in this matchup it matters too too much. I I still don't really love the Wolford thing. He does create okay. those kind of opportunities with okay. his legs and and rollouts and whatnot. But there's also the element that even in his one and a half drives, the first one was a complete stall where he was just completely like bad Madden player missing guys. Okay. So okay. Um, but the reason I'm it's it's wrong to say it this way, but excited to play with Goff is because Goff has played in freezing weather twice in his career, and <laughs> it's been bad. Uh, yeah, he has an he has a passer rating of thirty four and a half. Oh my He's god! Zero touchdowns and five interceptions in those two games. They're one and one, but wow. Goff has not done. Did you well. say zero touchdowns, five interceptions? Zero touchdowns, five interceptions in those two games. Wow. And I think, obviously, it's another week removed from a thumb surgery. But when you get out there in the cold and that starts tensing up and, and getting stiff, that's going to be even harder to deal with. And, I mean, he looked he looked good when he came in relief. I mean, he made some really great throws. He did make the he throws did not, that were necessary. He did not hurt the team at all. They let Cam Akers run with the ball. looked very good. And their defense took care of it. And that's the path to this team's victory. I mean, this team is the very definition of old school football right now, which is interesting because when they came in, when Sean McVay came, they lightened the world on fire with greatest show on turf comparisons and offense, offense, offense. But now all of a sudden it's, it's their defense and their running game. And, you know, Goss got to make the throws when he can. Uh, so again, like I said, th- initially I thought this was going to be an a- a absolute blowout, but I think this one's going to be one that hangs in close to the end and one of the teams is going to pull away at the end, and we'll pick all the games after we preview all of them. But I just I think that it comes down to can Goff make the big throws. And I mean the you're down by five, seven points. It's the end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter. It's third and seven, third and eight. Can you make the strike over the middle or to the sideline? Pick up the first down, keep the drive going. That you know, that's what the game's going to come down to for me. And Green Bay's defense is pretty darn good. Yeah, they certainly <laughs> they, have come on stronger they, the last handful of weeks. You know, we 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 talk about them earlier in the season being much maligned, and obviously that infamous game against the one and five Vikings. You know, Dalvin Cook had ten thousand yards against them. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, obviously, you know, we make fun of them for that, but they've the, the Packers are very, especially their defense, are very similar to what Buffalo experienced this year, where they were both kind of you could run all over them the whole first half of the season, and the second half they really kind of solidified that a little bit. So we'll see what happens in this playoff game, but it's going to be some hard nosed football to start off divisional weekend. Yeah, I'm certainly excited. I think speaking to that defense, though, in the last four of the last five, they've allowed their opponents less than 17 points. Yeah, that's... they've gone against some pretty good offenses. The Bears, when they, you know, Trubisky before that Green Bay game in the final week of the season, like Trubisky in the offense is really what had gone. It was them really back good. Yeah, the contention of being in the playoffs and the Titans, they stifled the Titans. Who that's it. Was, that was very impressive. So they're they're certainly coming on at the right time. I will say this before we move on. This is going to be the fourth playoff game in the last 50 seasons between the pass touchdown leader and the defense that has allowed the fewest pass touching pass wow. passing touchdowns that season. Okay. The pass touchdown leader is three and zero in those games. Was one of those the. The Super Bowl against Denver and Seattle? I don't know. I don't think it could have been because they wouldn't. 
they they lost. Right, but didn't you say three and one? I said three and zero. Oh, three and zero. Okay, well, there you go. That's fascinating. So, good win, Green Bay. Moving on to the second game, the the one that Adams upset about because he won't be able to sit in the living room and watch it. He's got to be at work, which is the cruelest punishment ever. <laughs> is it? It literally, I the biggest game of my lifetime as a Bills fan, and I have to watch it from the front desk. <laughs> My job. Hey, but you know what? You could also say that you're getting paid to watch the Buffalo Bills. You know what? I love the way you think, man. (laughs) So, yeah, the Buffalo Bills get to host their second straight playoff game against the super red-hot Baltimore Ravens, two of the hottest teams in the NFL. Buffalo now on a seven-game win streak, uh, having won 10 of their last 11, and Baltimore on a six-game winning streak. So two of the hottest teams in the NFL on a collision course, Saturday night football it's going to be cold, probably going to snow a little bit. Lamar Jackson in his in a press conference this week said, no, I've never played in snow before. He's like, I've seen snow before, but I've never played in it before. And he was like, I hope it don't, though. Uh, so we'll, interesting. we'll see what happens. But, you know, I've. I'm, I am obviously very nervous for this game because Baltimore is a hell of a football team and they're playing their absolute best right now. And, you know, I'll share my thoughts as we go, but I'm just curious as to how you see this game. I think this is definitely, at least on paper, we have to see everything play out, obviously, to crown games. But this is definitely the best game of the weekend, in my opinion. I think, you know, the Tampa Saints game can be good, but we'll see which Buccaneers show up against the Kryptonite Saints. But right now I'm saying this is the best game, and there's just so many intriguing things that go into this game. I'm actually curious, and from what I've read, and I haven't read anything too, too much about the weather, but even if it does snow, it's not supposed to be anything that's too crazy. No, it's not going to be like a blizzard or anything, but it will be cold and there will be snow. But I could see that. Actually, I feel like snow versus wind benefits offenses more so than defenses i agree if you get somebody slippery like lamar not only lamar but their running backs i feel like that benefits them so it'd be like i hope there's not snow it's like well i will say make a snow angel and i think i think that snow and snowy games and i agree with you but i think it helps passing games more than it does running games and i think it helps on script plays more than it does off script because the whole argument is that the offense knows where they're going so they don't have to adjust and slip all over the place but the defense doesn't and that's why it would favor a passing offense where it's like i know where your route's going i'm going to throw it there and then when they have to react they're going to slip so i'll be interested to see if it is like snowy slippery enough if a lamar jackson who his best plays are always off script if the adjustments can be made in that kind of weather. You know, maybe that's analyzing it way too much. No, I, hear, I see what you're saying, but. but I think just that wiggle that he has, we've seen him have such Oh, I mean, I'm terrified. That I think unless it's ice out there, I think, you know, like we've just seen so many times it's like this guy can't do this and then And we've and we've talked we've talked a lot about this and I one of the big questions this this week is going to be what's more important, Buffalo's offense against their defense or vice versa. And I actually called into the Bills radio show a couple days ago. Um, and, and didn't plug the show. You know, so I was going to and then my phone got cut off and I was so upset about uh-huh. it. But regardless, I think it's so important Buffalo's offense puts up points. 
excuse me, because you're not gonna, we're not gonna shut out Lamar Jackson. I guarantee it right now. Regard, even even if our defense plays the game of their life and their offense isn't doing their 15 play, 20 play drives where they just suck the life out of you and score, Lamar's gonna have those big plays on runs and it rolling out and passing. It happened against us last year, and obviously two vastly different teams than last year for sure, but. That's going to happen, so I think it's important for us to put up 25, 30-plus points to make sure, okay, you have to get to this number, Lamar and the Ravens, and I think that if we force them to have to score that much, I don't know if they can do it, but I do see this as one of the higher-scoring games of the weekend. Yeah, I I agree. There's just a lot of interesting things are going into it the the defenses playing against each other obviously two defenses that have i think really come on strong i think both have shown weaknesses at times mm-hmm. there's not the physicality that the ravens once had on defense and and buffalo is certainly starting to come on i love the matchup of Diggs versus this defense that's only allowed two 100 yard receivers all mm-hmm. season and I think that the, Josh Allen's been great against top ten defenses this year. Yeah, well, Josh Allen has been great about top top ten defenses. He's great against the blitz. I forget what the exact number is, but it's like sixteen touchdowns, one or two interceptions when he gets blitzed okay. this season. And Baltimore is the number one blitz percentage team. And Wink Martindale, defensive coordinator of Baltimore, said we're going to come after him. He's got to be ready for that. And I don't know if that's just playing mind games or anything, but Josh Allen has been very good against the Blitz this season. And last last week, he had his best career day outside of the pocket, throwing the ball over 120 yards. Obviously, two huge plays, you know, on the sideline to Gabe Davis to end that first half. But, you know, it's going to be, I mean, it's just going to be such a nerve-wracking game, and I'm so upset that I have to be not in my apartment to watch it. But... I think that it's going to come down to the fact that and we talked about that they haven't given up that many or uh, two 100-yard rushers this this season or rushers, uh, passers, receivers, whatever word I'm looking for. There you go, Jeez, you got I'm, it. Jeez, crow. But I think that who's the fourth guy that's going to guard the, these wide receiving core now that we're healthy? Cole Beasley said he is going to play. He said he feels loads better than he even did at this time last week. So it's Diggs, Beasley, Brown, and Gabe Davis. One of those guys is going to be covered by a f- number four corner, and I expect them to attack that. So we'll see if that number four guy can step up, or, and if he can, then you know you still got Singletary out of the backfield, who's going to be worked a lot with Zach Moss being out, and Dawson Knox, who has I think four touchdowns in the last five or six games, so he's becoming a red zone threat for sure, and. Yeah, I mean, I could go on and on about this game. I just really think it's going to come down to can our offense keep the pressure on theirs? Because if they can just sit back and do their read options, do run their long touchdown drives where they suck the life out of you and do their read read options, zone reads, speed option, pitch option, uh, you know, quick passes. I actually, I loved what Baltimore did last week with Hollywood Brown. They moved him around all the formations. They had this triple option play where it was read option, but then he had Hollywood out as an outlet to throw it out to him as either a lateral or a forward pass, and then they were getting him down the field. I mean, they, Hollywood had seven catches for 100-plus yards last week. I loved how they used him. So, I mean, this, this, this offense is scary, and it's dangerous, and I think that if we can keep them having to catch up to us, that can force Lamar into some 
mistakes with his arm. So, yeah, I'm really that's what really it comes down to for me. One, so, all right, let's move on to. Maybe I'll enjoy it even more without you freaking out. Honestly, right you might because I like <laughs> it's been a, so. Obviously, you've seen me in a lot of different ways watching Bills games, but I think for the most part, you haven't seen me get to like my height like I did last year. For the most part, <laughs> obviously, you've seen moments, but. I, I definitely think I would have been a level of stress that I don't think you would have enjoyed. So we'll see what happens. Watch us, watch us, watch us win this game, and you have to watch me during an NFC title game. Oh my goodness gracious! <laughs> Regardless, let's have to work then too. Let's move on to Sunday, the first game. The Cleveland Browns, after upsetting the Pittsburgh Steelers, get the wonderful reward of playing the Kansas City Chiefs the off KC of Chiefs. two weeks of rest now, and I think this is the story of the game. We talked rest versus rust the last three, four weeks of the season. Who who needs to rest? Who needs to play? And, you know, we have seen teams before with too much rest and all of a sudden they're out rusty and they can't play. And then we've seen teams who have gotten hot and just rolled through like Cleveland has had to in the last couple of weeks. So I'm very fascinated to see what happens with KC because we saw them struggle in a couple of games to end the season, especially against the Falcons. When they you know almost lost that week six sixteen game I think it was when they were still trying to to seal up their their number one seed and their bye and I don't know we'll, we'll I'm I'm very interested to see what this team looks like because there are a lot of people who are very very cocky about their Chiefs and saying that it's not gonna be hard at all we're gonna roll through all these teams and it's so unequivocally the Chiefs are gonna win the Super Bowl again and like it's almost it's making me angry because I we talked about at the just the beginning of the season how likable the Chiefs were and how much we liked Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid and we wondered if and when there would ever come a point where we're like oh my god can we stop with the Chiefs we get it they're good you know sort of talking about the whole Patriot effect where it was like they became the enemy and I'm annoyed that these people are being so cocky about it because I'm like I want to enjoy Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs but now I just want to see them get crushed because you guys are being so annoying (laughs) yeah I mean I kind of talked about that uh, you did you rant about it rant you know, um, history is certainly on the Chiefs' side in this one, though. Andy Reid's twenty-five and five after a bye, including the playoffs Crazy. in his career. Seven and zero versus the Browns in his career. He's never lost to the Cleveland Browns. Wow! This is obviously a different Cleveland team than uh, since Andy's been in the league for as a head coach for the past twenty years or so. But you know, I'm really this is this is a team in Cleveland that has the pieces to beat the Chiefs. Similar to what we I talked about last week against the Bills, the whole run the football so the ball's not in Patrick Mahomes' hands. Yep. But you know, I'm I'm just really fascinated to see this because we've seen with the Chiefs, it was this time a year ago that they were gifted a 24 point lead. Yep. And it didn't matter. So yep. even if something miraculous yep. happens like it did against Pittsburgh, yep. Cleveland, they can't <laughs> they can't take that for granted. So and I don't believe in the Cleveland defense, based on what I saw last week, that they well, can... and I was going to say, because I, I had the thought that you just said, I'm glad you brought it up, because I thought, I said, you know, 28 nothing, nobody overcomes that. And I was like, but now they have to go face the team, probably the only team in the NFL that you would be like, I'm still nervous. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, like the only team I've ever seen where you have to be nervous when you're up by three to four possessions. Obviously, it's a great thing having Ward back from the COVID reserve list. I think he's going to be huge. But, you know, 
as much as I haven't wanted it to be all year, like, is there just anybody that can cover Tyree Kill? So, and even if you do a great job against him, is there anybody that can cover Travis Kelsey? It's just... And then you still have guys like Sammy Watkins and Nicole Hardman and Denard Robinson. Like, there's just there's too much on this offense. But I'm like I said, I'm what I'm most interested in is what does this team look like two straight weeks of rest? They haven't played in almost a full month. So I'm very, very interested to see that. Yeah, I just... It will be really fascinating. I think early on there might be some misconnections between Mahomes and and Kelsey or something. We've seen that in the past, but you know it just takes literally like this is kind of a cliche, but it just takes it literally takes one play with right. this team. You can say that about any team, but especially this team. Especially it is you just you literally see it. It's like oh incompletion, incompletion. This hit his fingertips. Oh like what's happening with the Chiefs? Oh there we go. Oh now they're unstoppable. <laughs> It's it, like I said, it, it's hysterical, honestly, and uh, he experienced it in so many different ways too this year. So I mean, I like I said, this one was I, w- I was pretty confident it was going to be a blowout early on. I don't know. I mean, they're giving the Browns ten points in this game, so that's one where I might pick the spread because I'm just like, there's no way they get crushed by that much. Um, but you know, this is Mahomes versus Baker 3.0, and I kind of hope we get the. Texas Tech Oklahoma sling out. We're not gonna get. That. We're not. I don't know if we'll. I don't know if we'll get that. But I. I would love Baker to step up and prove because everybody, nobody, nobody in there, nobody across any medium right now is saying the key to this victory is Baker Mayfield throwing with Patrick Mahomes because nobody thinks he can do it. So I would love nothing more than Baker to step up and say I can do it. We'll see what happens. I think there's going to be a big boost with Kevin Stefanski being back on the sideline. Obviously, you said they're getting a lot of their players back. And they're going to be at as full of strength as they've been in a while. So, excuse me, the pieces are set for an upset. We don't Obviously, we'll pick it in a little bit. I would assume most of us don't really think it's going to happen. But... Uh, I don't think, especially early on, it's another game that if it's going to be a blowout, I don't think it's a blowout until late. I think that the, I think. So when you say blowout, do you mean like that 10 points? Yeah. I mean, I mean that like, I don't think that that's going to happen. So like last year, I'm just for, for the sake of talk, discussing it in all three playoff games, including the Super Bowl, Right. They, it was the lowest was an 11 point game. uh, The Chiefs? In favor of the Chiefs. So, they so like the beat, Chiefs won by eleven Houston or more. They beat by twenty. They beat Tennessee by eleven. They beat San Francisco by eleven. So I forget. They, I, I forget that that ended up being eleven points. I guess that was the Damian Williams rushing right, touchdown to so. end the game. But still, you're right. I mean, they 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 pretty much and they faced challenges because all the teams went up on them a couple of different times. But once they clicked, they clicked. So like I'm saying is, I think that it will be a close game. But then all of a sudden. Casey's going to click. So we'll switch. see We'll see what happens. And that's but. where I, I really like your point about Baker, though, because I, I'm also not in that mindset. Mine is but nobody's right now, it. Kansas City's pulling away. You need to just run the rock, let your defense sit, catch their breath for a couple of minutes, and keep it the heck away from them. And, hey, the most important thing could be Kareem Hunt revenge game. Kareem Hunt revenge game. <laughs> right, let's go to, let's move to the final game of the divisional round. It is the New Orleans Saints hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the third matchup of the season. Obviously, the New Orleans Saints have really been Tampa Bay's daddy all season long. They've crushed them two times. I hated you saying that. 
Didn't like that at all. Um, uh, the infamous Tom Brady's tweet of the history channel thing with him and Breeze looking old as hell. I thought that was a lot of fun. It was pretty funny. And I was like, oh man, why are you making Drew bald? It's rude. <laughs> um, but yeah, I this one has a lot of intrigue. I don't, I don't love it because I don't, for the love of God, want to see Tom Brady in anything with the name championship game next to it. So please, dear God, Saints beat him. But it's interesting. I mean, they couldn't put away the Taylor Heineke-led Washington football team last week. They certainly gave him a lot more challenge than I expected. <laughs> and now you've got this Saints offense, which didn't look spectacular last week, but put up 21 points against a top-five defense in the Chicago Bears. So we'll, we'll see what this is, but I think this comes down to Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, and Alvin Kamara, what it always comes down to, I think, for the Saints, because I think their defense is going to be able to pressure Tom. Not maybe not all game and be a blowout like it was the first two times. It's really hard to beat a team three times in a row. Although I, an interesting thing that I was listening to this week is somebody said everybody always says, "Oh, it's hard to beat a team three times in a row," and you're always thinking, "Oh man, we beat them twice. Can we do it a third time?" And it's like every time I was a player, it was, "Man, we whooped them twice. We're not afraid of them. We'll whoop you again. Let's do it again." And I was like, I never really thought of it that way, but I think that's really <laughs> interesting. Could because could you not? Spin that the other way, though. Right, you could say, "Oh, we're gonna whoop him again," and then you overlook. Or just, him I mean, like Tom Brady saying, "You're not gonna saying, beat me three times." Like, oh man, like I played the worst game of my 22 year career, and he did. It's not gonna happen again. <laughs> I know I'm better than that. Well, and that's a good point. But even if he doesn't play his worst game ever, they still beat him by what, like 30 points? <laughs> so, was, you know what I mean? So, well, this is this is you know this could be end up being one of the darling games in NFL history. It could be one that we look back and say that was the final matchup between two of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game, and it was awesome. Or it could really be, wow, these guys look bad. <laughs> and, and it's entirely possible. I'm expecting uh, I this could be Drew Brees' final game in the NFL, so hopefully it at least goes out. If they do lose, at least it's not him looking decrepit. Right, so hopefully right, we can right. see some, some flashes of a guy that we've always admired and respected. But I think when it comes down to it, it, it's super fascinating to say when you're talking about a game featuring Drew Brees and Tom Brady. But right now, it's all about the defenses. For yeah, me. I mean, they're, they're really good defenses. So yeah. they're, it's a defensive New Orleans that's known how to shut down Tampa. It's obviously they've always limited Michael Thomas. I mean, not Michael Thomas, Mike Evans, excuse me. Um, Marshawn Lattimore's really had Mike Evans' number every time they play. He sure has, but then talking about this run defense of, of Tampa and being able to pressure the quarterback. So I'm, I'm really excited for this one. I think, like I said, this is one that I think a lot of people aren't being as excited about as at least I would expect, and maybe it's just because they're old. I mean, I think it'll be a fun but, game. I'm excited to watch it for sure, but I just... I don't know. I think it's dangerously. It, it, it's 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 getting into the territory of it could be two old quarterbacks not looking that great against two very good defenses, which I might enjoy it. But that is your kind of game. But if there's a quarterback that knows how to beat beat Brady, it's Drew Brees. That's so very true. He has a five and two record against him, and that's I love it. the love highest it. of any opposing quarterback against TB twelve. So. All right, let's go back through all the matchups and let's pick them, my friend. So, I was four and two last week. Although I, I was also four and two when I was uh, picking with our buddy Mike. I did pick the Browns, so I was five and one with him. But I didn't have the gall to do that on the show. Uh, um, 
I'm annoyed, though, because if Stefanski were there, I would have picked it, and I didn't pick it. So, regardless, uh, let's go to that first matchup, Green Bay hosting the Rams. Earlier, I said that the passing leader is 3-0 and against number one defenses. I'm going to say it becomes 4-0, and Aaron Rodgers gets his first ever NFC title game. Home NFC title game. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. Like I said, I think it's going to be close all the way to the fourth quarter. I think Green Bay wins by like 13, 14 points. I think it's just it'll be that one possession through most of the game. And then I think at the end, Green Bay just pulls a little bit ahead because Goff can't get it done. That's really what I see this game as. So, All right, there we go. We're both taking cheese heads on that game. I wish I would have picked that game first because I actually want you to talk about this game first because I don't want to pick it first. I want to see where you are. All right. So we've got Baltimore Ravens traveling to the Buffalo Bills, the five seed to the two seed. This one is extremely tough. I think Baltimore is a great road playoff team, not you can't say not only this year because they've only played. But one, Harbaugh, but Harbaugh in, has an incredible their, road playoff game in records. their short career, their history, I should say. They know how to play on the road in the playoffs. I'm going to pick the Buffalo Bills in this one, though. I think it's going to be an extremely tight game, but we're going to see the magic of Josh Allen continue where it's going to be something that probably just isn't fair. <laughs> or deserved. It's gonna be. It's gonna be one of those things where he's like getting sacked and then somehow flicks it out and then it's caught for fifty-five yards and then it's gonna be like, are you kidding? And so but I think that's gonna be the deal breaker there. So I'm gonna go with Josh Allen and the Bills. So all the way up into this week, I was gonna pick Baltimore because I just I you were gonna pick Baltimore. Yeah. Last week you said Baltimore was going to the Super Bowl. Well, I know, but I didn't think we were gonna play Baltimore. I thought we were gonna play <laughs> Pittsburgh, and I was like, all right, we're gonna go to the title game and be ready to go. But Baltimore's scary. But I I'm going to pick the Bills too. I just think, like I said, I think it's going to be that 11 personnel. We're going to have that one back, one tight end, four receivers. And I don't think that as good of a defense as the Ravens are, I don't think they have the personnel. Not really any team in the NFL has the personnel to guard four really good wide receivers, two of which I think are great. And also, you know, a tight end and a running back that can catch pretty well, too. I just don't think they have that personnel. I think it's very close as well. I think it's the closest game of the week. I think we only win by one or two points. Oh, my goodness. I really like, I really like, and that's another reason why I'm so pissed. That's, that's why I'm so pissed that I have to be at work for this because I'm going to be screaming numerous, while I'm checking in somebody at midnight. Numerous games <laughs> this postseason for the Buffalo Bills that are less than a field goal. Yeah. Field goal or less. It's too much, man. It's intense. It's too much. Boy Scouts in the rain right there. I will say one thing before we move on. This is not the team that, for so often this year, Josh Allen has not made Josh Allen mistakes. He did yes. last week. He did make one if last that happens week. Yeah. In this game, yep. I will completely flip. And you just said you said it's going to come down to him making that play. And really, all I was going to say is it's going to come down to him making that play or not making that play, or making the mistake instead. Yeah. So, and it might truly come down to. Is it going to be magic or is it going to be crazy? I messed up. It could be either. <laughs> that's the. I mean, that's we saw both of it in the Colts game. We saw the the run where the guy was tackling him and he threw it off his back foot for a touchdown, and then we saw the one where he tried to break three tackles and fumbled it. Like it's you get both with him, and for the most part, the better part of the year, we have not gotten the latter. It's been the former. It's been magic. Yep. So we'll see if it continues. Sunday, the first game, the Cleveland Browns traveling up to Kansas City. Pat Mahomes, haven't seen him in a couple of weeks. We're going to see him on 
Sunday. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm going to pick the Chiefs here. Like I said, I think that this is a game that's close all the way to the end, and then all of a sudden it's Pat Mahomes to Kelsey to Hill, and then Cleveland's trying to keep it a game, and they put pressure on them, and then Clyde Edwards-Alaire runs for 40, and boom, end of the game. Uh, I just, I'd love to pick the Browns here. I think it'd be a great story, and I mean – Literally, this whole area of the country would burn to the ground if it was Buffalo versus Cleveland in the AFC title game. <laughs> but I legitimately, I just, I can't see it happening. Uh, I'll be rooting for the Browns. Obviously, I've, I've rooted for them pretty much all season, and not even just to win. I just want to, I want it to be respectful. I don't want people to be like, oh, the Browns, because I hated, hated. When Chase was like, oh, they're going to get clocked by the Chiefs anyway. And I was like, that's the dumbest trash talk I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> He's like, I know you guys literally like beat the crap out of us, but you're going to get beat the crap out of a better team. And it's like, well, then what happened to you if you would have played the Chiefs? C- calm down, Chase. But yeah, I-, I hope it's respectable. I hope it's a good <laughs> I game. what we're talking about. What? You didn't hear that quote? No. So Chase Claypool was on Juju. I think it was Juju's TikTok where he was being interviewed. And they asked him about it. He's like, yeah, whatever. They beat us. They're still the same old Browns. They're going to get clapped next week against the Chiefs. Oh. I was like, that is literally the dumbest trash talk of all time. <laughs> the dumb. It's like you kicked our behind, but you're going to go get your behind kicked. Then what would happen to you if you played the team that's supposed to kick the behind and the team that kicked your behind? Jeez, I'm crow. So regardless, I digress. I hope it's a close game. I hope it's respectful. Uh but I expect the Chiefs to win by double digits. Yeah, I also expect them to win by double digits. I will say the Kansas City Chiefs will not spot the Cleveland Browns twenty-eight points. that many points. <laughs> they will not spot them a five-plus turnover differential nope. to only win the game by 11 points. And that's not to take anything away from the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns got here. They took care of business when they needed to. They've gotten farther than they've got in, in a long, long time. But for all intents and purposes, everything, everything went in their favor against Pittsburgh. And it was an 11-point game. I mean, I th- I get what you're saying. I think that's oversimplifying the game a little bit. I mean, is it? I mean, Big Ben scored with like a less than a minute left. So was it really an 11-point game? It was more like a 20-point game. And they were, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I, I get what you're saying, but... They will not have a botched snap to start. They won't. Cleveland won't nope. score in the first 10 seconds. Probably not, no. So... <laughs> Kansas City. Kansas City is just too much. They're just too much. Uh, all right, let's go to that last game of the of the week, the battle of the old men, Drew Brees versus Tom Brady. Yeah, this one I think is the toughest game to pick this weekend, even more so than the Buffalo-Ravens game. I think, you know, you can feel really confident to say the Saints have Tom Brady's number, and I would love that. I would love to see an NFC title game where – Obviously, I'd be rooting for the Packers, but I would love Breeze Rogers in the Super Bowl. But I just don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna let you talk about this one first because I'm still well. I mean, no I'm biased, so I'm picking the Saints. <laughs> <laughs> well, dang, that didn't help me at all. I expected to be. I expected to be close, though. And I think that normally I would come on and be like, "They suck. Tom Brady's terrible. He's gonna get crushed." It's not gonna happen. I I see this as 26-23. Saints. I think it's one of those games where they know each other too well. They're too well coached. They're very mechanical and methodical in the way they both play the game, offensively and defensively. And I just think it's going to be back and forth the whole game. But in the end, I think it'll be that magical Drew Brees drive. I, I think that the uncoverable, as good as Tampa Bay's defense is, 
the uncoverable player on both sides is Alvin Kamara out of the backfield. And I just don't think that either team is able to cover that. And I think that if Tampa Bay had that back out of the backfield that caught and went like that, then maybe I would pick them. But I just don't think Brady's going to have that outlet that he so I don't even like I think desperately needs. I mean, for the most part, his best teams are teams where he's had a guy like James White. You just dump it off in the back. You know what I mean? Like those are some of his best teams where he had that receiving back to dump it off to. So I think that Drew Brees and Kamara get it done and they're moving on to the title game. Yeah, so that's what I want to have happen. Okay. But just for the sake of being different, I'll take Tampa. Okay. And that's because okay. as much as you hate the guy, Tom Brady is playing better than Drew Brees right now. He is. You're he, talking about that match very Drew much Brees is. drive. I don't know if he has it in him that's right fair. now. Where I think Tom, for whatever reason, he's older, but he I mean, can he's got, still do that. He's so got weapons galore. Every that's why. weapon galore. <laughs> And uh, so uh, I'm going to take Tampa on that. Okay. One. Yeah. I mean, I like I said, I obviously dislike Tom Brady, but you're right. He's played. He's played top ten quarterbacking this year. What? He might be. He's he's ten, but <laughs> it's top ten. <laughs> Excellent. All well, right. There we go. All right. So recapping, we agree on every pick except for Tampa Bay, New Orleans. So. Next week, Josh would have Green Bay, Tampa Bay. I'd have Green Bay, New Orleans. And then we would also have Buffalo versus KC for the two title games. Be a fun weekend. Wild. Let's get through this weekend first. Remember, yep. this, ladies and gentlemen, is the best weekend of football. I don't, I don't, know, if, I don't know if I think that anymore. <laughs> there are, no, I, I love Super Wild Card Weekend. I loved it. I thought, thought it, was it was really good. I have always thought Wild Card Weekend was better, but... I mean, listen, first of all, I didn't make that up. That's like people say that because, like I said, regardless, I, I don't want to take credit for that. I do think it could be a good weekend. I do think through, I think two of the four games do get out of the hand, out of hand near the end of it. Um, but I do expect two very close games in the New Orleans game and the Buffalo game. So, Well, if you go according to Cynthia Freeland's productions. One point game. <laughs> like there are like three games that are by... One possession or less. So the only one is the Browns game is not one possession, right? Yeah, that's a nine-point game according to her. Oh. Cynthia. <laughs> this is the one who can't project a 100-guard game to save her life. It's like a two-point game in Buffalo and then like a three-point game in Green Bay and then a three-point game in... I like Cynthia Freeland, but it still baffles me that she never, ever projects over 100 yards. And I'm always like, but people do that all the time. Why would you never project that? Because Matt says not to. Regardless. Anything else you want to talk about, my man? No, I'm just excited to uh, enjoy this weekend. All right, my friends. Make sure you check out our Instagram. It is just at Simultaneous Catch. We are still running our giveaway, a free jersey or sweater of your choice, whatever team you'd like. Why are you laughing at that? I just like that you're always like, or a sweater. Well, yeah, I don't know, because sometimes people don't like to wear jerseys. They just want like a sweater. So I, feel I like get at that. that point, can you just say like team apparel? Like what if they want a hat? You're well, like, that was no, the other thing. Well, that was the other thing is I want to say team apparel, but then I, I was like, oh, but what if they think they can't get the jersey, which is like the high ticket item? I don't know, man. <laughs> Regardless, make sure you follow us. Make sure you tag us and share. Uh, leave a review or comment on the original post to enter. Anything else you got, my friend? You're a great kid. You too, my man. Enjoy Divisional Weekend, my friends. Best weekend in football. God bless. <laughs>